This is KCLR's Bottom Line. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business, financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm Colin O'Hearn, standing in for John Purcell once again this week and I'll be with you until 7pm. Our text line, as always, is 083 306 9696 and it's sponsored by dinnersready.ie. Coming up on the show this evening, we'll hear from Martin O'Brien, head of the Irish Economic Analysis at the Central Bank of Ireland, about their most recent quarterly report. Ashling Ward, Network Manager at Carlo Kenny Skillnet, will tell us about their recently launched Certificate in Strategic and Operational Management, and also how companies can make the most from their local Skillnet. Paul Whitnell, the President of the British and Irish Trading Alliance, will join me on the phone to give us an update on his organisation, which is going from strength to strength on a global scale. And we'll get a recap on last week's Local Enterprise Week from Ailey McGrath from the Local Enterprise Office in Kilkenny and Kieran Comerford with the Local Enterprise Office in Carlow. All that and more between now and 7pm. But to begin with, but to, but to begin tonight's show, the Central Bank of Ireland recently published its first quarterly bulletin for 2023. And to provide some insight into that report, I spoke to Martin O'Brien, head of Irish Economic Analysis, earlier this week. I started by asking Martin, was he positive about the coming months, as he had been when he spoke to us in October last year? Uh, hi, thanks very much for having me on again. Um, not really. Uh, the, the most substantial change, I think, is that the near-term outlook is actually uh, a little bit better than what we would have been expecting back in October. Uh, and the key changes that have happened there really is that the price of energy on wholesale markets has come down quite substantially, not just in terms of the, the spot price, but also in terms of the, the expectations of future prices for gas and for oil, etc., going into the rest of the year. So the economy fared the winter relatively better than what we were expecting back in October, both in Ireland and in Europe. Uh, while it is still quite challenging and you know, people have been seeing you know, inflation remaining quite high, although coming down, uh, you know, the, the labour market is still performing strongly, unemployment remains low. Um, and we do expect uh, that, uh, that combination of factors, uh, lower, slightly slower or lower inflation than previously expected and uh, continuing strong labour market to, uh, to, to basically uh, enable that sort of second half of the year uh, recovery even stronger. But uh, that, that's still the broad trend uh, as we go in through the rest of 2023 and into 2024. And you know, like even even though the outlook is is um, the near term outlook is a little bit better, inflation at right now uh, remains uh, you know slightly high. What what are the measures that are working to reduce that, and what are the risks in in us getting it further under control? Yeah, so inflation is still uh, quite high uh, by historical standards. Uh, the latest inflation numbers are in the region of uh, seven to eight percent, um, and you know we do expect them to come down quite sharply you know, as we move through 2023. So inflation will average about 
3.5% this year and 3% next year. That's still above what we would consider sort of normal rates of inflation, or certainly the target rate of inflation for the euro area that the ECB would have of 2%. And it's still the fact that the key driver of that headline inflation number is energy prices. But you know, energy, as we all know, is an input to you know, every aspect of, of economic activity. So the, 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 the issues with energy prices that we've seen last year, you know, they're feeding through to uh, to the cost that businesses are facing um, uh, in terms of delivery of other goods and services. Uh, and there were also supply chain issues, um, you know, that have, were affecting everything from fertilizers through to, uh, you know, uh, 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 semiconductors and everything through 2020, you know, 2021, 2022. And those are really having an effect on the prices of goods and services beyond energy. So in particular, food. And what we're seeing is that at the moment, food uh, inflation is actually becoming a much more prominent driver as you go through 2023 to overall inflation. Uh, and people have obviously been noticing that as they go uh, about doing their daily shopping. Um, so this broadening of inflation beyond the, the, the energy the energy component uh, is it, still going to remain with us. Um, and it is still leading to the, the sort of uh, a decline, all right, in headline and in, in, in HICP, but it is still going to be a little bit sticky as we go through um, uh, 2023 and 2024. Obviously, you know, there are a number of factors that you know, are, are, are moving to try and dampen inflation. And one of those is, is uh, you know, um, uh, higher interest rates uh, and a combination of the, you know, the impact of higher interest rates uh, and uh, the sort of the, the, the slowdown in the pace of increase in energy prices. Those are the key things that are sort of driving uh, the, the, the slightly uh, lower inflation outlook that we have now. And with regard to interest rates um, th- uh, for, for the remainder of this year, like is, is there any good news for mortgage holders or do we see interest rates continuing to rise? Well, the Governing Council of the ECB have been quite uh, quite uh, clear on the need to uh, have interest rates at a level that brings uh, euro area inflation back to the 2% target. Uh, and I'd expect that they, uh, they'll uh, remain along the course that's necessary to, to achieve that. Uh, we will see you know, tighter financing conditions for households, for businesses, and we have seen the last uh, uh, couple of months. But again, you know, uh, the aim there is to ensure that the broader, the, the longer term costs of, of, of inflation being uh, excessively high uh, which have you know very distinct societal and economic costs and, and have a quite a distinct burden on certain cohorts of society in particular uh, rural households older households uh, those on a fixed income that, that, the, that the, the benefits of having in, uh, inflation at a more reasonable uh, reasonable pace uh, is, is important to keep in mind when we think about um, uh, the policy reactions to, to trying to combat that yeah look understandable if the if, if difficult to stomach if in, in, so, in some instances. Um, so you mentioned kind of food inflation being, being uh, I suppose, a real concern. Um, like in, in terms, and, and that would be very relevant to household disposable income. So, I mean, why, given how some costs are reducing, um, one would assume that, there, that our disposable income will be better this year than it would have been in 22. Yeah, there's definitely an improvement uh, this year uh, in terms of people's uh, you know, spending power and their disposable income. Um, uh, and again, the, 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 while lower inflation uh, does an awful lot to, to help out there, uh, what's also helping out is the fact that you know the, the labour market is performing uh, extra, is still performing extraordinarily well. Uh, as I mentioned, unemployment at the moment is pretty much at historical lows, uh, in between four to four and a half percent. That's what we expect to continue. Um, over the over the course of this year and into next year. 
and you know a number of sectors are still facing uh, challenges in terms of finding uh, finding workers. Uh, the number of vacancies relative to say the available uh, supply of labour is is again quite high in histor- in historical terms, uh, and that lends itself toward um, you know a little bit of uh, a stronger bargaining power in terms of uh, of labour. That means that the, the wage rates are probably going to increase uh, um, in the region of about um, you know uh, I think we have it in the region of about you know five to six six percent this year um, six to six and a half percent this year that's you know quite that's going to uh, boost the the, the, uh, the household income the disposable income and then feed through to the, the per- their purchasing power and their ability to uh, you know to consume goods and services uh, you know in a, in a in a more sustainable and in a, in perhaps a more, a more substantial uh, way than what they were doing uh, in 2022 or a more confident way than what they were doing in 2022 certainly. Yeah that seems uh, five, 5 to 6% seems quite significant and good news hopefully um, with the the term resilient is a word used uh, a couple of times in the report to describe our economy and in 2022 it grew by 8% um, it, it'll hardly continue at that sort of pace of growth in 23 will it? No, I mean there were a couple of, of unique fe- or relatively unique features in 2022 that led to that very high growth rate. One was, you know, in the earlier part of the year, um, you know, we were literally, you know, we were, we were on the back of the boom of coming out of the lockdown restrictions and things. So, you know, that we the, uh, compared to where they were in 2021, you know, when basically people weren't able to, you know, to go out, they weren't able to, uh, um, you know, with, with with restrictions, they weren't, uh, you know, able to to, to, to socialise or consume uh, goods and services as much as they could. You know, that has that reversed then the first part of 2022. So you had this, this big boost in, in, in that side. Another element that sort of led to a very strong growth last year was there was a lot of physical investment, uh, uh, particularly in the multinational sector, in the in uh, in, in the state. Um, so, you know, there were extensions to factories, there were new factories built, etc. Uh, across both, say, the pharma, pharmaceutical sector, um, you know, data centres, ICT services, those kind of things. Uh, and that was you know, quite a boost around the middle of last year and into the third quarter of last year. What we did see, however, is that there, you know, that, that pace of growth was never going to, to, to maintain. Um, uh, and well, we are seeing slightly slower growth. Well, we are seeing you know, growth in around three percent this year and next in the domestic economy, which would be you know quite uh, in line with, with historical averages. And you know, would really you know, give it a sense of a, in and of itself are quite you know, robust and and. and and healthy growth rate of about the three percent mark, um, and you know, but the the combination of the lower inflation, the pickup in in household purchasing power, um, and that sort of offset a little bit by say slightly higher interest rates. Uh, but you know, when we put all those things together in in conjunction with sort of the uh, the international backdrop, we get this you know, reasonably strong growth rate of about three percent this year and next. Okay, that's that, that that's quite positive. And then, <clears throat> just uh, lastly, then in terms, I mean, you mentioned the multinationals and how. how I, I suppose how strong a year they had in 22 and they seem to just con- continue on what does the you know what's the outlook for the, for for the SMEs and smaller exporters this year 
So again, you know, broadly speaking, uh, the, the, the SMEs and the small exporters are still facing quite challenging, quite challenging times in terms of their input costs. You know, obviously, uh, the flip side to, to, to higher labour costs and higher wage rates is that you know, um, um, these firms tend to be more labour intensive. Um, but you know, broadly speaking, the the, the continuing uh, increase in consumer sentiment, uh, which should be through into you know uh, the, the, the local spend in particular. Particular, uh, will will be a boost to uh, to, to small SMEs to, to indigenous producers. In terms of the export market, um, you know, uh, particularly our, our food exports, uh, say to the UK. You know, the UK haven't introduced uh, uh, the, the level of, of checks, etc., uh, on, on 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 imports coming in from the EU that uh, that, that say uh, that they that, that they may have to do in the course of Brexit. So that might have some dampening effect. But we've seen quite a lot of diversification from our from our exporting. Firms uh, outside of the UK, and obviously, you know, developments more recently with, say, you know, the Windsor framework and, and things like that, that provide a. Uh, while we don't see that there's, you know, you know significant, um, you know, changes, say, in terms of the, the the amount that that could have in, say, north, south, or east, west um, shipment of goods, uh, you know, per se, you know, it does lend itself to a, a more sense of of certainty uh, around the nature of the relationship between the EU and the UK, and that can only be a benefit uh, to those firms who are. Trading, um, uh, trading outside of Ireland, and just very, very, very finally, then um, in terms of the dollar and sterling, do you do, do you forecast or do you see them remaining strong over the course of the year? Um, so we don't directly forecast uh, the exchange rates uh, in the report, uh, but you know there are pros and cons, you know, one way or another between where uh, whether where the uh, where the exchange rates move. Obviously, an awful lot of say international commodity prices, etc., are you know denominated in dollars. So you know if they are, if, if the euro is weak against the dollar, then it does mean that say the price of oil that uh, would be coming in is a little bit stronger. That could feed into inflation. Uh, but similarly, you know we still import quite a lot from the UK, for example. Um, uh, you know, uh, so there's, there's pros and cons both ways, whether depending on which way the uh, the exchange rate uh, the exchange rate goes. But broadly speaking, we don't see any major disruption um, with respect to, to the, the exchange rate profile. Uh, and so there should be a little bit less, you know, there shouldn't be you know excessive volatility for firms that need to that need to manage uh, manage those things. Martin O'Brien, thank you for taking the time to join us on the bottom line and for dissecting uh, the central bank's quarterly report for Q1 of 2023. Thank you. That was Martin O'Brien, head of the Irish Economic Analysis at the Central Bank of Ireland. Join me after the break when I'll be talking to Ashling Ward from Carlo Kilkenny Skillnet. KCLR, the bottom line. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Welcome back to The Bottom Line. I'm Colin O'Hearn. I'm joined now by Ashling Ward, Network Manager of Carlocal Kenny Skillnet. Good evening, Ashling. Hi, Colin. How are you? Ashling, you might start by giving us a brief introduction uh, to what Carlocal Kenny Skillnet is and what does it do? Yeah, so Carlocal Kenny Skillnet, um, our remit is to work with local companies to help them upskill, to look at the, the talent and the resources that they have in their staff and see where there might be some gaps. And our job then is to organise courses, seminars, workshops, 
and different training programs that will help them, I suppose, in order to do their their business more efficiently and effectively and also upskill their staff. So that's my core role as network manager. And there's no doubt we all need help in that. There, there, there are many skill nets available to businesses in Kilkenny and Carlow. So how can local companies make the most of the, uh, make the most of the skill net that's most suitable to them? That's what I would always say, Colin, to to a company that I meet for the first time is that they should get to know their local skill net. And there are 73 different networks across the country. Some of them are regional, like ourselves, the Carlock and Kenny skill net. My colleagues in Waterford Chamber skill net, um, in Cork and in Galway. So there's different networks across the country. There are also sectoral skill nets. So I would say to a company, find out your regional one, but also find out which sectoral one. So I know you're involved in hospitality and there is a restaurant association skill net and there is also a a hotel's and they're able to look at very specific training programs for that sector but also within the regions we're running courses as well so get to know the the networks that can service and help you best because I would find that an awful lot of companies and, and, and businesses they're so busy just in the doing on a day-to-day basis that they really haven't a huge amount of time to figure out where all the different resources um, are available to them and there's great work going on the ETBs, the local enterprise office, ourselves and the skill net and we're all there to help and to support companies who are so busy and so pressured um, and, and you're right, I, yeah. would say to, yeah, I would just say to companies reach out, ask us what we can do to help yeah, look, you're right. There, there, there is a lot there between the ETBs and the local enterprise office and 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 Skillnets. So, 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 where does Skillnets fit in uh, with with those other support networks? I suppose we're all focusing on on maybe different subject matter areas, and we in in our Skillnet we run everything from a, a one hour webinar online that you could possibly do in your lunch break, straight through to a master's program and everything in between. So it's to figure out what your different staff needs and then come and talk to me the way we can see what a good fit is. And I would say that's what I suppose the key advantage of working with a skill net is, is that we're able to tailor make solutions to a company um, in order for them to, to figure out what's best for them. So they might be so busy during the day that they might need a course in the evening or they might need an online program, whatever that may be. But come and talk to us and we'll see how we can help. Okay. And so then you're launching a new, I suppose, the the, the big news is that you're launching a, a new course, a certificate in strategic and operational management. Um, it sounds quite timely um, given the, the cost of living and the, the price of everything. So tell us what will be covered in that course. Yeah, this program came about as a collaboration between SETU and and Meany in the college and three different skill nets, Waterford Chamber skill net, CILT skill net and ourselves in the Carlock and Kenny region. And we were very conscious of the rising costs, the energy costs, the increasing costs around logistics and supply chain and the difficulties in getting staff. And what we did was we worked with SETU to build a new program to help companies to to at least, I suppose, look at these issues and learn from each other and learn from industry experts who are going to be the tutors on the programme. So that's the the uh, the history behind this brand new course that starts in April and we're accepting applications now and the good news is is that it is 100% funded by ourselves in the skill net. Well that is good news and Ashley, very briefly then, what type of um, businesses is this aimed at? 
I would say anyone in business we can we can help and support, but particularly those in manufacturing, in in engineering, in production based businesses because the costs there are huge. But every business is feeling the pinch these days in terms of rising costs. So I think it's it's appropriate and open to all businesses with a particular emphasis uh, on the engineering and the, and the manufacturing. Well, look, Ashley, thank you for joining us. I wish you the very, very best of luck with it. Um, it's certainly something that I'll be keeping an eye on. And thank you for joining us in the bottom line. Thanks for giving me the, the time this evening, Colin. And I just finally wrap up by saying uh, if anyone wants any more details on this programme or in any other um, events or programmes that we're running, please reach out to me in the Skillnet and I will follow up with you. But is there a website or email, or email, is, Ashley? there is it's carlacilkennyskillnet.ie and we also have a LinkedIn page and either of those will give you um, my contact details Thank you for joining us Ashlyn really appreciate it We're going to take a quick break now but there's lots more to come so don't go away KCLR You're welcome back to The Bottom Line the programme for and about business on KCLR I'm Colin O'Hearn and I'm joined on the line now by Paul Whitnell who's the President of the British and Irish Trading Alliance known as BITA Good evening Paul Good evening Colin I believe you were in Cheltenham today so thanks for taking the time to talk to us on The Bottom Line not a bother, not a bother. We won't mention Cheltenham now because it was a very sore day, Callum. Okay, no profitable transactions today. <laughs> so, Paul, look, we'll get straight down to it. Um, the British and Irish Trading Alliance, or BITA, um, celebrated 10 years in business last year. Can you tell us um, how it came about and why, why you started it? Well, it came about, Colin, would you believe, in Kilkenny. Um, I was living in Kilkenny for 10 years, and in the downturn around 2009-10, I decided that I'd have to go to the UK uh, to try and um, uh, improve my life, basically, because the construction industry was under serious trouble uh, back home in Ireland. Um, So when I did so, when I went over, um, I soon realised that there was a different approach, a different culture, uh, a more difficult challenge uh, to actually understand the market. There was a gatekeeper, there was a process, and it cost me a lot of money to um, to find out these things. And I felt that there needed to be a go-to platform for other people to facilitate in learning um, how they could um, open up opportunities in the market, and hence we set up it 10 years ago. And was it easy, Paul? I mean, was it was it easy to get people to buy into your vision? Um, you know, essentially, the values of Bitter are, are, are what people buy into. So the values are, I always felt that our generation, I'm 55, uh, would be responsible for the demise of better practice. Uh, you know, technology came into focus and we were always kind of like, you know, going for the cheaper, faster, quicker way. And, and that's not the values that we were reared on. And when you bring this into business, there can be a huge cost uh, to that. So I, I wanted to create an organization that focused on those values of so generosity of spirit, uh, genuine transparency, uh, you know, a kind of passion and delivery and delivery, most importantly, and saying what you do and do what you say. So we embarked in setting out an organization uh, and someone asked me at the start, what is bitter? And I said, it's people who know people that help people. And that's what we live off of. And that's what we are. Okay. No, it's very interesting and well done. I mean, it, it, it can't have been easy. So, so has Beta 
is is bitter as it was then, or has it changed? Has has its functions developed over the years? Yeah, of course. I mean, the ecosystem now is made up of 750 companies. So when we set out first, it was all about, you know, um, matching up opportunities for Irish companies to go into a different market in the UK, which is exactly what the experience that I was doing myself. And, and, and in, in the early stages, there was local companies like Maryland Showers and Image Showers and a few others that benefited from the connections that we created for them and opportunities in the UK. Um, as time went on, the sectors grew. We're very construction-centric to start with, but the sectors drew, grew within the organization, and the organization itself grew. Uh, and the values were very important, that people resonated with them, that it was genuine. And today we have uh, 13 chapters between the UK and Ireland, and it's now in 13 countries. Wow. So, I mean, it's a lot more, it's about a lot more now than just creating business opportunity between UK and Irish businesses. Well, if you look at it now, there's loads of value within the ecosystem. So when a business or an individual looks at their own costs, we can actually affect those costs by creating value within the ecosystem. And business is done by people and business uh, needs relationships. We're the relationship builder. Um, We've now quite a significant uh, number of people who who really believe in the organization and and utilize the organization and use it to the fullest so as time went on COVID hit we had to pivot go online change our, you know ourselves as well and we did but the the advantage that came from COVID was the connectivity of people using zoom technology so you could talk to someone in australia you could talk to someone in south africa and when you bring the va- the, the values of relationship into that uh, suddenly business transactions uh, were able to get done mm. um, and, and and so how many countries has bit has better expanded into now and like how how does it work in the likes of mexico and United Arab Emirates, for example? Well, if we take Mexico, for instance, at the moment, there's um, the skill shortage in the UK was quite significant in Ireland and the UK uh, in the construction industry and other areas like hospitality, for instance, uh, and, and in the care sector. So we looked at uh, the, the trends that were happening and all of the Eastern Europeans went back Uh, to Eastern European because of the Brexit issue and other things. And then, of course, the war didn't help things either. So um, there's a lack of resource. uh, And what what you had to do was look further afield. And Mexico uh, was a very, very interesting area because you were fantastic tradesmen who were English speaking. And the ability to come over to this country and, uh, and... I suppose, get a wage that is fairly decent and consistent work was very attractive to those type of people. And, and, you know, if we look at it, Ireland were in that position many moons ago as well, when we emigrated to America and the UK and Australia to find work. They're no different. So we found that, that, you know, our experience in that regard stood for ourselves. Uh, We found that we were able to, um, we had a moral value of helping others, uh, which is what we're all about. And and, and this is where now we're bringing in a significant, significant amount of people from uh, Mexico, Belize and St. Vincent's currently uh, to the care sector, to the construction sector and the hospitality sector. So it really fits into the mission, really. <clears throat> people that help people, that, that know people that help people. Um, Paul, tell us about the Beta Global Forum and what it focuses on. 
Well, we, we kind of focus on uh, things that are achievable. Uh, I mean, when we set out the Global Forum, we, what we wanted to do was um, do things that are relevant. So plastic, for instance, reduction in plastic in the construction industry was, was a major key area. Uh, we ended up starting up the World Cleanup Day. And again, all of this is communication. When you have a message to send someone, people react because of the values and they want to participate. So last year, five million people of the world were involved in the World Cleanup Day, which we had a huge part in. So I suppose anything can be achieved by proper communication. And when you trust people that you're talking to and you can do business with them and then add a splash of relationship to that, it's amazing what you can do together. But as you said, I mean, um, Bitter was Bitter was started um, about building relationships. And as, as we said at the top of the interview, you're in Cheltenham right now. As networking events go, this must be one of the greatest opportunities to connect British and Irish companies. Well, the history, first of all, in Cheltenham, in terms of it's, it's, the, it's the World Cup of, of our horse racing calendar a year. And, uh, I mean, it's a significant event that people do enjoy themselves, but it's a great opportunity to spend time, quality time, with clients and customers to be able to build those relationships. Yeah. And, you know, Cheltenham then itself, the spectacle here, the setup here, um, it's quite special. So it's events like this, you know, not alone the, the Cheltenham, the, the, the Six Nations, any time that we can actually get to spend time with people and build those relationships uh, is significant. And if you look at what happened during COVID, um, we lost that ability of getting out. And the COVID scenario changed things uh, in many, many people. And they were very slow to come back uh, to um, what we would, would have considered a norm before. It's great to see Cheltenham back to full till today. Um, and it was great to see many, many companies from Ireland, England and abroad getting together and getting to know one another better. And very timely as, as, we're, as we have the eve of St. Patrick's Day today. Look, Paul, can I wish Bitta and yourself and all its members every success over the coming years. Thank you for joining us in the bottom line this evening. Thank you, Colin. KCLR, the bottom line. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Ailey McGrann of Kilkenny Leo and Kieran Comerford of Carla Leo are with us. Um, thank, thank you for joining us both. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, Colin. Thank you. Um, last week was National Enterprise Week with many events throughout both counties. Aileen, if I could start with you, what were the highlights in Kilkenny? Uh, well, we had a great week, um, an action-packed week in Kilkenny, but I suppose that the event that stood out for me very much was, well, there were a couple, but we Kilkenny hosted a national event for the local enterprise office nationally, uh, which was an innovate for business success in 2023. And we had Car- Carla Kim Mackenzie Doyle uh, shared her insights in relation to using innovation to grow your business. And we talked through supports then around innovation in businesses through the SCTU and through uh, Enterprise Ireland. So it was a really, really interesting event and kind of thought-provoking, kind of encouraging us to think a little bit outside the box. And I suppose that event, along with event, we had Blaise Brosnan on Thursday for a networking event, looking at just chatting around how you actually run your business in inflationary time, you know, what you can do to to keep your business going with the challenges that are ongoing at the moment. So I suppose those two events really, uh, among many, many strong events, stood out for me over 
the course of Enterprise Week. Yeah, it's certainly a team through today's show, networking and cost and cost saving if possible. And Kieran, on top of the the national events, there was quite a bit of activity in Carlo as well. Yeah, no, we had a number of networking events and, and uh, we also had a national event as well. So uh, at the end of the week, we had a lovely event with the Chamber of Commerce. We had Anton Savage, we had a wonderful business panel, Rowena Dooley, Michael Quinn, uh, Linda Bulger and myself. And it was just sharing, again, sharing tips about how you navigate your business through the recession and some of the challenges that are there. The other special event during the week was obviously our International Women's Day event by our Powerhouse Network. Uh, we had Joanne Sweeney emceeing that from Galway and we also had, again, a local panel with Nora Ryan, who's our Female Entrepreneur of the Year. We had um, Annette Fox who's the CEO of our partnership company and we had Melissa Doyle so again it was all about the story while we had loads of events and there was loads of energy around the week it's the storytelling and the people coming together which really makes Enterprise Week special and obviously both counties also had their students on board so the Student Enterprise Awards is a great culmination of that youth talent as well so fantastic week and lots of events there Yeah there was a great programme all right. Aileen um, we spoke earlier with Martin O'Brien from the Central Bank and he was quite positive about Ireland's economy for the second half of this year what is the landscape like right now for SMEs and budding entrepreneurs in Kilkenny? Well, I suppose it's not easy. It's challenging out there. You know, we've just another interest rate hike today uh, coming on the back of a number of challenging years. But I suppose what I'm seeing is the challenges that have been so forthcoming in the last couple of years have really created resilient businesses. So business people, entrepreneurs uh, are well equipped now, are better equipped to, to deal with the, such a range of challenges and such a range of changing and that the, the business dynamic is changing all the time. So I suppose in the, that's the way I see it now, that the last few years have been so, so challenging, but it has actually created a, a real resilience in entrepreneurs in the region. So, okay. you know, what I, I can see is that uh, hopefully businesses can keep going. Yeah, no, no, no absolutely. And Kieran, with that in mind, what are the opportunities for business in Carlo right now for new and trading businesses? Yeah, I suppose we've had a lot of companies in the manufacturing and uh, space in particular who are performing really well. They have all the challenges there, but there is significant opportunity when recessionary times as well. So, like, um, you know, especially in the manufacturing space um, and some of our internationally traded services, I think the other thing is remote working is creating opportunities and challenges where people are changing their lifestyle by relocating to Carlow, and I'm sure the same is happening with Kenny. So we've had a number of people setting up services types of company in Carlow who basically previously were based in Dublin and corporations. So it's, as I said, there's lots of challenges out there. We've much more resilient entrepreneurs similar to Kenny, but obviously there's opportunities in, uh, to go with those challenges as well. So we're seeing that come to the fore where people are saying yes we have lots of challenges but also we have lots of opportunities and I think the other opportunity is people are really embracing is the whole green agenda people are really saying with well, the energy crisis saying, well actually what can I meaningfully do to introduce the green agenda into my business yeah, both from, from from a cost-saving measure, but also the responsibility as well. Um, you're listening to The Bottom Line on KCLR. Stay with me. I'll be talking to Kieran and Aileen after the break. KCLR. To a command there on Olis, Linuacht August Sport, Welcome back. Um, I'm still joined by Aileen McGrath, Acting Head of Enterprise at Kilkenny Local Enterprise Office, and by Kieran Comerford, Head of Economic Development and Enterprise at Carlo Local Enterprise Office. Kieran, if I could come back to you, Carlo County Council and the Local Enterprise published an impact report this week to highlight the support it provided to the business community and wider enterprise ecosystem in County Carlo in 2022. And there's some impressive numbers in terms of jobs supported, grants, and vouchers awarded. 
it. Can you tell us a bit more about it, please? Yeah, so I suppose one thing we're really conscious of in the local enterprise office, a lot of stuff we do, well, we have a lot of public activities, there's a lot of stuff we do behind the scenes. So last year we published a eight-year report, so obviously this is year nine, so we published an update recently, which basically goes through the figures that we achieved with the support of Enterprise Ireland. So there was 56 net jobs achieved by our portfolio clients. We'd over half a million investment uh, awarded to measure one type clients, which are manufacturing and internationally traded services companies. And also we have a wider brief within the local authority, so things around competitive funds and things like that and obviously just updating the public I think what's really important is the, the vibrant message of everything the local authority does whether it be the local enterprise office programme supported by Enterprise Ireland or indeed your economic development programme supported by the budget of the, from the elected members it's really important and also national and international funding so it's really about just telling the story to the wider public to say well listen there's lots of stuff happening lots of investment happening and it's like as I said last week every day, nearly every day at an event Enterprise Week is one week all year round both local enterprise offices are open and both local enterprise offices work uh, on opportunities for the business community in order to create employment in both counties. Yeah, and, and like I said, one of one of our, our previous guests in the show, Ashling Ward, and we spoke about how how, how her organisation fits in with the other organisations. I mean, you see, there was some somewhere in the region of eleven hundred clients took part in fifty four training and networking events. There was also an, a, an awful lot of one to one mentoring. Yeah, mentoring is really a really essential service. So both offices would have business advisors. So when you drop in, you're, you can get a confidential business advice to either talk about your startup or your developing business. But also we work with mentors. So lots of companies that want direction from specialists. So we both have panels of mentors we assign to companies. So in the area of marketing, finance, green, digitalization. And basically they're there to basically, you know, help the entrepreneur work through the issue and avail of the opportunity. So as I said, we do a large amount of mentoring in both Leos. And we also we do mentoring as part of our program. So our management development programs and programs like that would have mentoring built into it as well so it's an essential service that both offices provide and the finally Kieran, the report um you know details some of the the highlights in 2022 in terms of events um can you run through some of them and maybe give us a flavor of what we can expect in 23 yeah, so we run everything from startup programs to skills-based day programs to big networking events to management development programs to lean for micro programs. So there's a variety of programs depending on what life stage you're at. Uh, so in 2023, we have a series of uh, short programs designed to give you tasters and obviously give you the skills to develop your particular area in digital and sales. They're all on our website. Start your own business courses for people thinking of starting and developing their business. We have management development programs. We also do a number of programs with Kikenny around competitiveness and lean, and we have seminars coming up in that space and also we do things like female entrepreneurship network our powerhouse network meets four times a year and we have management development pro- um, networking events as well so there's lots of events but ultimately the events are about creating opportunity and awareness of the subjects so when we're looking at events so for example the event in a few weeks time is very much around you know how do you get the lean agenda and competitiveness into your business we'll have one later on in May about you know how do you work with the Southeast Technological University and ourselves so like it's all about opportunity so the event itself is just part of an experience and part of the engagement process for us with the clients. Thank you, Kieran. And Aileen, uh, last week I spoke to Philip Clark from a company called Forest Rock Technologies, who at the time had just won the Carlo final of the National Enterprise Awards. Can you tell us which company will represent County Kilkenny in the national finals? Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, we're delighted. Uh, a company based in the south of the county in Granny CHI Environmental will represent Kilkenny in the Mansion House uh, in June, representing the, at the Local Enterprise Awards National Finals. And this is very much a family business that has grown over the years. Um, the father, Bob Murphy, and his three sons involved in the business, Richard, Pat, and Nicholas. And they've grown over the years. They have 10 employees now. 
and they, they just speaking to what uh, Kieran mentioned earlier about the opportunities in green tech. This business is very much around sustainability. Um, the, the model has changed and what they do now is they take in uh, any kind of construction and dem- demolition waste from all over the country and they recycle that waste um, into reusable aggregates so they're they're doing product development around taking that waste separating it out and making new products so a completely circular business a completely sustainable business so we're delighted uh, to have nomination and we're, we're really looking forward to the 1st of June in Dublin Yeah and, and, and we really look forward to speaking to the CHI Environmental over the coming weeks. Aileen and Kieran, th- thank you so much for joining us this evening. And should anyone, any companies which wish to make contact with you, do you have contact emails? Yeah, well, localenterprise.ie is the best place to find all the information and you'll find information on that event that we're running with Carlo on the 29th of March as well around efficiencies in business. So localenterprise.ie is the best place to find all the information. That's great. Listen, thank you so much for joining for, for joining us. Great, thanks, Brian. That's all we have time for on the bottom line this week, and thank you for listening. Remember, you can email us on the bottom line at kclr96fm.com. You can listen back to this show or any episode of The Bottom Line. Just search for The Bottom Line on KCLR on the Apple Store, Google Play or Spotify. I'd like to thank all of my guests this week, Martin O'Brien, Ashling Ward, Paul Whitnell, Ailey McGrath and Kieran Comerford. Thanks to Deirdre Drummy for producing, Etna Quirk and Martin Bridgman on sound. Thanks also to Shannon Redmond who manned the phones for us this evening. Enjoy the long weekend, everyone, and hopefully I'll have your company next Thursday at 6pm. The Bottom Line on KCLR. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.